Welcome to Lip Talk, Ladies in Property. We'll be talking about all things property from the perspective of the agent, the stylist, the lawyer, and the broker. We're all moms, business owners, friends, wives, and ladies in property. We encounter issues relating to property on a daily basis, and we want to share these with you so that you can learn from our experiences. So here are the Lip Talk girls today. And what we're going to be bringing to you today is some tips and some advice and education on the process of selling when you're going through a divorce. So with the statistics sitting in one out of two are getting divorced, Mm. we really want to share with you some of our experiences and how you can go through that process and, and how we might be able to assist you with that. So, with Nicole and how we've discussed previously the the statistics that you have on your sales, um, talk us through how divorcing impacts you and how it impacts the the seller. Yes, Meg. Well, sometimes selling is not always a... um Something choice. that you, a, a choice, yes, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a forced sale. Yeah. So really there's three reasons that we go through the sale of a property. So sometimes it could be divorce, mm-hmm. it could be death, or you're moving. Mm-hmm. It's really those three things that we focus on. So today we'll be touching on divorce. Yeah. And it is quite a sensitive issue because I would say at least 60% of my vendors experience going through a divorce. Mm. And while they're in love and purchase their first home together and everything's going smoothly, sometimes things don't pan out mm-hmm. and their biggest asset is their property mm-hmm. and we need to sell that for them. So we have to be sensitive to how we handle that sales process and talk them through it with experts. Um, someone like Marie certainly is experienced at that and that is somebody we would recommend if we are asked what the steps are or how do we go about it. Mm. So so when clients or vendors keep that kind of uh, information from you, because I know that's happened when I've been staging mm. a property and the agent hasn't been engaged necessarily, or they have, when that's, that's the case, how does that affect the sales process? Because, you know, I hear all the time, oh, we don't want to tell the agent that we're yes. getting divorced mm. because that means they're just going to get rid of our property for nothing. Yes. You know, but, but that's not what we're trying to do. But they, they think that. So how does that affect you when they don't share that information? Look, I, qu- I think quite often it's building trust with um, the vendor that you're dealing with and obviously explaining to them that everything they discuss with you is confidential. And if they're in a situation where both parties are possibly not speaking to each other, Mm. I certainly give them information like we could meet separately, we don't all have to meet together, Mm -hmm. but when both of them are on the title and I require both their signatures, it's important we're on the same page. So I try my best up front to let them know I'm on their side. I'm not against them. I'm here to assist them with the process and ensure that we still get the highest possible price for both of them. Yeah. But how how does it actually affect them? So if they don't give that information to you, what sort of impact does that have, have on the actual sales process itself? You know, they're not communicating with each yes. other. A buyer comes to the table. What, yes. what, what impacts that, that seller? Well, it can certainly affect the ultimate price on the property yeah. because if I can't get them to agree mm. or I can't gain access to the property, that can make it more difficult to put yeah. a deal together. So up front, I try and discuss all the pros and cons 
as to why we need to be on the same page. Mm. And I have had instances whereby one party is very motivated, mm. they want to sell, mm. the other one doesn't want to sell, and it will affect our bottom line. Or I've had instances where both parties have agreed, and when we come to signing the contract, there's a change of heart. So yeah. it can make it difficult because one party doesn't want to sell. And that's why someone like Marie and her expertise, she can certainly step in and assist from the beginning of the process. Mm. So when is actually the right time for a lawyer to be involved? Like what, what, what's, what's the right time? The right, I, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the right time yeah, is okay. really, I mean, you should really get legal advice before you separate. Mm. Yes. In an ideal world, that would be great. Sometimes we don't have control over that and the other person may make the decision to end the relationship, so either before separation or alternatively straight after you have separated. So, so sorry, Marie. So why why do they have to do that? What what's the advantages so to them? People for need doing to get that? advice about what their entitlements are when yeah. it comes to property. So, are you entitled to sixty mm. percent of the property pool? Does that include just the house? Does it include the superannuation? And it impacts the. Um, the parties because they're obviously dealing with a real estate agent negotiating sales prices and those types of things yeah. and the strategy when it comes to the sale process if they haven't had that advice then they may not know exactly what they need in terms of a sale price to be able to establish a list price um, yes. so to give you an example uh, I had a client where they hadn't come to see me they had decided with the agent's advice to list a property at 800,000 um, later, I heard that the real estate agent had actually advised them to list it slightly less, but they obviously wanted the most money yeah. that they could because they were splitting it between the two of them. Mm -hmm. So um, they didn't really go with the agent's advice. They listed the property. They also decided to auction the property, mm -hmm. but they didn't have any agreement about what would happen if there were, was no buyer, if it got passed in, what would be the process after that? Mm -hmm. um, would they need to keep negotiating? What was their bottom line? They didn't have any of that information to hand because they hadn't received that legal advice. And mm. so in this instance, the property sold for or got passed in, I think the highest uh, bid at the time was 690, which was substantially less than the 800,000. And so then that put a spanner in the works. The husband and wife thought they had reached agreement between themselves. Yeah. He was going to get 600, she was going to get 200, and um, for various reasons. But then ultimately, the whole deal that they had uh, mm -hmm. made together fell over. Mm -hmm. And then the real estate agent obviously was impacted with that and the whole sale process was impacted. So it was really important for these people to get that advice from the start because then they had to start at square one. And Nicole, auctioning is quite an expensive process. So you can just imagine how much money they put down the toilet just doing that. And that's also quite a stressful situation for them. We will yeah. get, and you probably find that, do you, they're quite amicable in the beginning, but mm. when things like that happen, they're not so much as the process goes on. So we have that a lot. We'll have clients come to us, say, look, we're looking at separating gonna sell the home what can I do next you know we're amicable so we're fine I always still say you need to speak to a family lawyer yeah. first um, because money comes in something doesn't quite go to plan yeah. which is very often mm. really yes, um, definitely. so I think like you said very early on in that process um, no matter how 
how are you getting along? You still have to get that advice That's right. first. Well, mm-hmm. ultimately, it's going to help them decide whether to keep a property, yes. whether they need to sell a property, mm-hmm. and how much money they need to you know, pay out a bank or refinance a loan or pay out the other person if they're wanting to retain that property and buy something else. So it can impact their future decisions yeah. dramatically. So, sorry, yeah. I, was, I was just going to elaborate on that quite often, and that's what's great about having Renee in the mix as well, is one of the parties can quite often buy out the other person and they don't realize that they come to me first and say we need to sell we're out of this Mm -hmm. but actually one of them could still stay in the family home so consulting the right people so you have that information up front because for all you know you could buy out the other person and you've left the family home and you didn't have to Mm, exactly and it may not be the right time to sell as well that's right and they often think no, we've got to sell, we've got to sell everything and divide everything 50-50, but that's often not the case. People can look at refinancing and paying the other person out. Yes. And then that gives them more time to plan the sale of their property if they're going to sell it down the track. You know, to see someone like yourself, Meg, to kind of manage the uh, preparation of, mm. a, of a property for sale, mm. to see someone like yourself, Nicole, mm-hmm. to look at uh, the sales process, how long that's going to take, to give them more time to be able to make those informed decisions, really important. But that's got to form part of the process because that's where your division of assets come up so that's why mm. you still have to see that family lawyer to give that advice on that to work out yeah. it's still going to be fair in your yeah. in your way that's and we right. still want to get the maximum yeah. price for a house you know even though you're getting divorced you, you still want to yes. make sure yeah. you get that maximum price we've just had a, a client literally where the uh, the agents taken on a listing and uh, this agent and I've been working together we've worked together quite a few times and he'd taken on this listing the divorced couple were trying to sell the property for a period of the the last agent they didn't have any success mm. the offers were coming in quite low ball for what they were wanting um, this particular agent put me in touch with the client he explained that there was a, a divorce situation it was going to be a case of going to both parties they were very amicable they both came to the table and subsequently we sold that house in the first weekend mm. and they get tw- they got wow. $25,000 more than the, the the offers and and the market was dictating at that time so you know it was a it was a really good story and that's well a lot of them. money as well when people it are is. separating. There's yes. so many costs to consider, yeah. so yeah. that really helps. And that mm. goes back to your disclosing that information up front because if we don't have that information, we can't work with it. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and in that particular situation, I, I didn't deal necessarily with them any differently to how yes. I'd dealt with a, a client that wasn't getting divorced mm. and going through that process. It was exactly the same. It was just good to know that the the process sometimes can just take a little bit longer because obviously those two parties Mm. have to come to the table and they have to be in agreement with it or it might be that you know they're paying 50 50 so Mm. we're talking about financials instead and I mean Nicole where where would we go with something like that when you're dealing with financials and and uh, people having to come to the table with x amount of money in that situation when they're selling well it we just form part of that process, I guess. So, Marie, when I guess we say to them, come to you quite early on, what is the actual process? Like, when would you bring myself in there? Really to help early with the on. When, yeah, so, what so would you, what's the actual process when someone would come for you? It depends on what they're sort of implying that they're wanting to do. So, if they say to me, look, I really just want to sell everything, then I quiz them about why. And once I sort of get an understanding as to whether they actually want to retain the property or not, or 
perhaps they don't think they can, that's when I uh, refer them to someone like yourself, a mortgage broker that can actually sit down with them, Mm -hmm. work out what their borrowing capacity is. That's the most important thing. And the reason we do that is because we need to obviously enter into negotiations with the other person. And, you know, it's... it's silly to just make an offer and not know mm. if the person's going to be able to comply with that mm. um, down the track mm. because we formalise those offers. Mm. Um, so it's quite it's quite important. And so getting that advice about what borrowing capacity they have to establish whether or not they can refinance that property into their sole name. But not only that, often it will involve paying the other person some money. Mm. So they'll say to me, "Oh, I've already offered um, to pay my my ex partner, you know, three or four hundred thousand in exchange for refinancing." the property and I'll say to them well have you have you had advice to confirm that you can actually refinance the existing loan and also that $300,000 to pay to your ex-partner oh no I think the bank will just let me have it but quite often that's not the case and I've been involved in situations where um, the client has said to me yes I can definitely borrow so I've gone along with that and then they haven't been able to and then the whole deal falls apart and they end up paying more down the track so really important to get a mortgage broker like yourself involved to give them that advice so Mm -hmm. that they can make those informed decisions about whether they should be refinancing and offering to pay the other person some money or whether financially they should just sell. Mm. So it just depends. But it would be good for you, uh, Renee, to just go through the process of uh, what you look for when it comes to refinancing and looking at borrowing capacity yeah. and those what sorts are, of what things. Are, what other options are available? Well, are there any other yeah, options? Like just yeah, explain to the listeners options. what they, guess what they are. It's pretty unlimited, really, and depending on the person's situation. Um, and we deal with all walks of life. So. Yeah. There's always two sides of it. So someone yeah. thinks, I own a majority of my house. I've only got $100,000 owing on it, but I've got you know $800,000 in equity. Yeah. Surely the bank is going to lend me that. Mm-hmm. But if, if, if you've been a stay-at-home mum for six years, you might, mm. after the fact, just be relying on some family tax income. More than likely, you're not still going to have enough income for that. So um, we really go through all that in pretty in-depth detail yeah. um, with them to give them some pretty good guidance at that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you that, sorry, because quite often I also experience mm-hmm. that where... Um, there's been the mom's been at home for 20 years dad's been working so how do we split this she doesn't feel she's got enough to you know maintain the property so what are my options really so it is good to know up front what you can and can't borrow exactly and unfortunately sometimes we just don't have that option and that's where it comes back to yourself marie just trying to divide those assets up that works out what's best for Mm. that partner of the so, relationship as well to make sure they're looked after with the family. Yeah, mm. so I've I've heard um, there's such things that you can go to the bank about like holidays and you can have breaks from from what what's that about? What what, what what's that where you can or like contact financial the bank. hardship you mean? Yeah, like if pay. if a it, it, say for example I, the, the the client hasn't decided necessarily to separate but it's looking likely that that yeah. might be the case. Are there other are there other options available for um, that that particular s- well, seller? It's a bit more of a temporary solution. So okay. you can, okay. if they pay the loan in advance, or if they are going through some sort of hardship, the bank will be a bit more lenient on the repayments there. Yeah. So what do you need to do in that instance? Because I've yeah. also had that before. Yeah. Can must they go and speak to their bank to get them through the next six yeah. months, or what should they be doing? Because yeah, some people are just unsure, yeah. and then they don't do anything, which yeah. is sometimes the worst thing. And they're in arrears, yeah, yeah. Yes, which I've causes a lot more problems. Yes. So your best to do contact your bank straight away, just directly. Yeah, okay, and just talk to them. Be open, like you said, be honest about the whole situation. So. 
contact the bank directly. Yeah. Have you guys got any clients that you're working on together at the moment that you are helping out with both of those areas? We so do. family law to mortgage broker, you know, back and forth. Yeah, we work quite we work quite well together, Renee and I, which is which is awesome because working as a team in this situation is so much easier for mm-hmm. me as a family lawyer because I can just pick up the phone and say, Renee, the client said that, you know, she's called you and she's waiting on, you know, advice about her borrowing capacity, um, where is it at? And then you'll explain to me directly exactly what the process is and that you're waiting on documents from her. So then I can call her and say, Renee said that she's waiting on your latest credit card statement. And once she has that, then she can, you know, process your application. And so it's easy for me to just call you direct rather than waiting for this client. And that can cause the client distress. So that really does help us work together. So it's quite an emotional journey for Mm. them. It's quite upsetting. So they don't always understand the whole process and that it does take time. And ultimately, we try and find a solution for them. So it's not going to happen on that day always. Um, It can take time. So, um, yeah, it's just... Yeah. good that we can communicate directly exactly yeah. yeah exactly and, and Renee you've asked me for documents yeah. from the client so I'll help I'll help you yeah. with that and that kind of moves the process yeah along mm. so what's the typical uh, situation or circumstance that someone would come to you if we're telling our listeners that you need to speak to a mortgage broker to talk to them about possibly refinance financing what sort of things do they need to bring to the table like in that instance what 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 would you need from them what what can we advise them that could help them um, with the process uh, with you well firstly I'd probably hopefully it's after they've spoken to their family alone and yeah. sure that's the right decision for them to do but we would we would do it as any client so we'd yeah. still assess we assess all their income details all mm-hmm. their expenses and what their living situation is going to be once they take over that property themselves so yeah. in their new situations mm. yeah. that's yeah. why planning that new yeah. situation is so important yes. because Renee needs that information mm-hmm. whereas if you haven't had that advice from the family lawyer and you go straight to Renee and say I want to I want to borrow $300,000 to pay out my ex and I want to refinance this loan. You know, Renee's not across all of that. Whereas if we're working together as a team, I can tell her what the strategy is mm. so that she can help the client the best way. But yeah. clients, because they do come directly to us sometimes, they don't realise mm. if they do actually formalise a separation, it, it takes away from stamp duty and government yeah. charges that may be due. So oh, wow. they actually think that it's just the easiest way to just come directly. It's all amicable. We're going to sort it out ourselves. But they can so actually what, what say do you mean? I've never heard that before. What do you yeah, mean so they, they exclude probably, them they from... So, yeah, so, if yep. one, so they both own a property, so it's yep. in joint names yeah. or it's in one person's name. Uh, and the ownership is changing from, one, from joint to one yeah. or from one to the other. It is actually treated as a sale and a purchase. Yes. So you would pay stamp right. duty as though you were a traditional purchaser seller. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah whereas so you keep killing a refinance, Meg, it's actually not a refinance. You mm. are actually purchasing the yes. property. Yeah, right. You're taking over the I share of your ex-partner. Like exactly. Yeah. yeah, so by formalising yeah. the actual family law agreement between the two of them, that can actually exempt the stamp duty so that then they don't have to pay it and it formalizes their agreement so it's really beneficial yeah Yeah. i think what's great is if if i can go one step back i've had a recent scenario where i met with both parties they wanted to sell they didn't disclose they were divorcing Mm. the husband actually phoned me later on and said to me look this is the situation we actually are separating and him as the male which I found was very interesting. He reached out to me and he said, do you have someone who could assist me 
in possibly the separation or the mediation. Yeah. And that takes quite a lot yeah. uh, for someone to do. So at that point, I said, well, actually, I do have a group of professionals I work with. I gave Marie's details out and I said, have a chat because I could see there was a lot of tension between the two of them. Mm. She wanted to stay, he wanted to go. Mm, yeah. And I was able at that point to say, whether you sell or not, this is the person I recommend. Try and sort it out first. See what you're entitled to. Because mm. she was actually living in the house he had left. Mm. So he wanted advice from me um, from the early stages of the transaction. And I was able to refer him early yeah. on. Yeah. So what are the implications in that scenario then with Nicole that the the uh, husband and wife or whatever it might be, um, one of them's moved out. What, what, does that have any implications? Uh, is that is that a well, generally, if you're in the property, you have more control over the yes. sale process. Yeah, and um, and generally, you would continue to pay the mortgage because you're living in the property. The other person may be paying rent, yes. so that's sort of how it works. And it just depends on even though you've got two people's names on a um, on a mortgage, you're jointly and severally responsible. Mm for that mortgage repayment. And so, you know, whether you're living there or not, the mortgage still needs to be paid. Mm. I, yeah. yeah, recently had a client come out the other side who had just sold their family home, but because she'd moved out, so he had actually put holes in the wall. Mm. He wouldn't let potential buyers come through the property mm. when they should have. Yeah, so they actually had to take problems. a loss. And then they got themselves in quite a bit of trouble, couldn't yeah. pay back other facilities they had. So yeah. um, it's taken her about five years to actually get on top of everything after that happening. So. Yeah. I know it's obviously, like you say, safety first, um, but the best situation is if you can both stay there until you actually sort it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just on that, obviously there's, you know, that's a whole big topic in itself when you've got um, that domestic violence or something like that's going on Mm -hmm. um, in the relationship. And yeah, yeah, it's a massive massive subject. Um, And can we give our listeners any advice on, on that? On domestic violence. Yeah, so if a, if a person has to move out of the home, mm, you know, they don't have the option safety. to stay yeah. in there, mm-hmm. what, 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 what would you maybe, well, what advice say, would you give to them? Always safety first. So yeah. if you are fearful of your, your own personal safety and your children's personal safety, yeah. then you should look to move out yes. and make arrangements to stay somewhere else. And this is where getting that advice before you separate is really important because mm-hmm. family lawyers can give you a strategy to put in place to help you move out, to help you take your personal possessions when you move out. Okay. That's really important. Lots of people just flee with, yes. you know, their handbag and their child and, and that's it. And they think they'll get all of their, you know, their grandparents, um, you know, heirlooms or yes. or what have you, personal sentimental yeah, items back. Really but quite often that doesn't happen. Yeah, quite right. often what you leave, you generally never get back. Yes. Sometimes you do, which which is great, but I've seen many, many so situations where mm. people clean out the house and and you're left with nothing. So it's really important to get that advice early on. Um, there's also domestic violence applications that you can make either with the police and their assistance um, mm. or alternatively you can make a private application and you just need to visit your local courthouse uh, to do that. And if you're wanting to stay in the property, so say we have, uh, we have mother with children who has no income as they're not working um, and there is violence going on, you can actually make a court application asking the court to issue an ouster order. So that means that um, they will basically, that order will basically have the other person vacate the property by a certain period of time. Mm. And then that will allow you to live in the property primarily until you sort everything out. Mm. So that's really, that's really, really worthwhile. So 
you know, if any of our listeners are in fear of their safety, then they should take that very seriously. Um, just because being in the property gives you that control over the sales process, nothing's more important than your safety. safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's you. really good advice. Mm-hmm. I know that you and I have worked on um, a project together um, a little while ago mm-hmm. whereby we had two amicable parties living in the house. The only non-amicable thing that was going on was the fact that the husband wanted to spend money on painting the exterior of the property, but the wife was like, I don't think that's where we need to be spending our money. So Mm. there was that Mm. kind of conflict. it was like about $10,000 or something. So to them, it was a lot of money. Yes. And it was about making sure that they spent that wisely. So do we just paint the outside walls and then cross our fingers and hope that Mm. Nicole can sell our property? Or is it a, do we get someone in to give us a bit more strategic advice like Meg and um, and spend our money more wisely? Mm. And so what happened in that scenario, Meg, can you recall? So subsequently I got a call and mm. uh, I went out to see that client. It was kind of, it was, it was slightly awkward in that husband was at the back <laughs> of the house and mm. wife was at the front of the mm. house and they were still living together. So... Um, but, you know, we managed to get them to the table and we managed to, to, to get across the things that we wanted to recommend to them. And that was really just tidying up the inside of the house. We talked about using paint colours inside and fixing up various things like worktops had like burnt holes in them. We would replace things like that. Just making sure the house presented much better than mm. it did. And the facade as well. You did some I, we, work we, out there. We did something. some work out in the gardens because mm. he was on about painting the outside of the house which we all know is an expensive exercise yes. in itself but if you're not going to do anything else you know we we use the paint to make the house look great but then the gardens and the street appeal still look terrible mm. so in that case I just said to him well how about we just paint the front of the house we don't paint all of it but we just make the street appeal look you know, much better than it is. So have your gardens done, get the front painted and do some some tidying up of the inside of the house. And what was good about that situation and scenario was I was a, an outside party mm. giving that couple advice yes. that was strategic yeah. and it was going to help them get to where they both wanted to be and that was ultimately getting the highest price that's of their right. property mm-hmm. and being able to move on. That's so right. I think that's important to mention mm-hmm. that we're all professionals. This is so common these days. So we're all very sympathetic towards it. We want to help them achieve mm. what they're sending out to do. We Absolutely. want them both to be happy at the end of yeah. the day. So mm-hmm. we'll work with how we need to with them. You know, they don't have to sit around the same table. They don't, yeah. they can't, unfortunately, yeah. talk to each other or stand the side of each other. <laughs> yes. We will see them both separately. Yeah. Um, so we really are quite sympathetic towards yeah. that and try and just mm. work yeah. with them how we need to. Really and, just, and just on that, I just feel that having a team uh, like this yeah. is, is so uh, important for those kinds of clients or any of our listeners to have around them even if you're not in the situation where you're ready to sell or you're going to divorce mm. or you're going to move, make sure you surround yourself by having a broker, trust, an agent, yeah. a stylist, yeah. a family lawyer, if you ever need one. Yeah. Um, also, that those people can work well together. Yes. So, Rather, yeah. it's, it is much more beneficial to, for example, if you find a real estate agent that you really want and you really like, ask that real estate agent for a recommendation to a mortgage broker that they work with and then do the same thing with the lawyer and the property stylist because if everyone in that particular group of professionals can work well together they're more likely to get an amazing outcome for you rather than you sourcing your own broker 
your own agent, your own you know family lawyer, your own stylist. Yeah. None of them are talking to each other. It, communication can break down and yeah. it can really cause problems. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other good thing is we all have a doctor that we go and visit on a regular basis. So if something's wrong, we go and see our doctor. Mm. We chose that doctor. That yes. doctor is our choice for a reason. There's no, there's yeah, no. Trust them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So how about get to know your real estate agent in your area? You might not be ready to sell today, but you're going to be ready to sell maybe mm. some point in the future. So make that relationship and connection with them early on. Mm. Uh, surround yourself with people in advance instead of waiting to that stage where you get right to the last minute and you go, oh, I need a mortgage broker. Where do I go? Mm. Or who do I ask? You know, we, we are everyday normal women. We're yeah. moms, just like some of our listeners. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're very approachable. We're always up for a coffee or a wine. So, um, you know, you, you, come and, yeah, you can come and talk to us and uh, we can build relationships so that you have those relationships and connections there for when you need them. Exactly. And hopefully they don't need a family lawyer mm. and hopefully they don't need to come to you because they're having problems with, mm. with paying their mortgage. But yeah. if they do, we, we certainly can help them. Yes. So in summary to all of that, uh, thank you for listening to episode four of Lip Talk. Mm. We've certainly enjoyed talking about that difficult subject, divorcing or forced to sell. Yes. Uh, hopefully you can listen into our future episodes. And if you want to have a look at our show notes, you can follow us on Instagram and all of the social media channels. So thank you.